The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Eric Franson, I.J. Salveson. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're social distancing. Thankfully, the studio is big enough that Ajay and I don't have to get close to each other. Yeah. Remember that one time when we had to share a mic? That was a little weird. Yeah. If Could you imagine if that had to happen now? It wouldn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> i just boot you out of the studio. <laughs> whoever gets here first. Uh, Eric, uh, a, a lot, some sporting news to get through, thank goodness, today. We'll, we'll talk Jordan Love and, and his chances and what his draft status will look like, uh, the expansion, what-if expansion of the football playoff. Um, but I, I, I got to start here. Actually, there, there's a couple things. And then, did you see the Twitter beef about Jordan Love today between some national analysts? I saw somebody quoting a scout from an NFL team that said they wouldn't even draft Jordan Love. Yeah, there is. And then somebody else saying, if anybody's using that guy as a source, I would dump that guy as a source yeah. right away. <laughs> so Did go beyond that? Was there much more than just that? I, I think there's a – because uh, one of them is a respected ESPN analyst, if you will. Uh, but – we can we can get to that in just a little bit. It's just it. I mean, I mean, I bet you Jordan Love kind of looked at it and just laughs, like, "Hey, they're talking about me. How oh, nice! They're fighting over me." <laughs> uh, Eric Adam Scheffler reporting today, speaking to the people in and around college football this week. There is strong conviction there will be college football this season. Uncertainty about when multiple scenarios uh, being debated, but they sound certain there will still be a college football this season, just unknown of when. Uh. Here's the problem, is that hearing all the ADs and others talk about this football season, it's not their decision. So speaking to people in and around college football this week doesn't do you any good. You need to be speaking to state and local governments because they have the final say. Not Dabo Sweeney, not the athletic director. They don't have that decision. That's not theirs to make. I still, I still believe that the most likely scenario... Um, is that we play conference games only. I think that's really the most likely scenario and that we start maybe at the end of September. Uh, interesting poll that ESPN has released. Sports World has been at a standstill from this pandemic. It's been a month, Ajay. Seems like it's been a lot longer than that, but it's only been a month been a very slow month. But anyway, um, there's certainly, we're all eager to get these games going again. But there was a poll done, a recent poll that was conducted that says 72% of Americans would not attend a sporting event without a vaccine for the coronavirus. And granted, it wasn't a really large sample size, only 762 people uh, it was done by Seton Hall University's Stillman School of Business. Um, but uh, a pretty significant number of those who were polled that would that said they wouldn't they would not come back to a sporting event unless or until a vaccine 
is available. So it's not just about, can we start resuming these games soon? Um, But even if we can resume them with fans, would fans, would they show up? So even if we got an all clear this fall to attend a college football game, how many people would still be hesitant to be around thousands of other people? How long is that going to stick in our psyche until no, it it resumes back to a new normal? But here's the thing is that they say that, oh, no, I wouldn't go to a game. But if someone said, hey, I got two tickets to the Clemson game, do you want to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. So you say no, but when you're handed tickets, you're going to go. Well, Ajay, there was there have already been – uh, some disturbing trends. Uh, maybe not disturbing is the right word, but trends that were illustrating attendance to live sporting events has been on the decline, and has been on the cli- on the de- on the down for several years. It was first started with the students, uh, and, and now it's spread to professional, to the donor class. Uh, that there has been there was already a decline happening in in attendance at, at live sporting events. This can't help. <laughs> this cannot help. And, and I think this is going to be, it may be a few years before those places that traditionally did fill up their stadiums to get them filled up again. Yeah. Mm. Now, on, yeah. The, on the flip side, the 76% who re- responded to this poll said they would watch broadcasts of games without fans. But here's the thing is that a lot of athletic directors and a lot of football teams said they don't want to play a game without fans. Like they just they don't want to play a scrimmage or a close scrimmage because that's basically what it is. We'd rather play a game with our student section, moms and dads, family friends, whoever watching us play football. So if that's really the case, don't expect football season to start on time. I still am in the, the low group. I, in the, I'm going to say it's a small percentage of people that think that football will start with just conference games being played. Now, I could be completely wrong, but I just don't think that we get the athletes in by June 1st for strength and conditioning. I know we're still a month or two away, but it's coming quicker than we would hope. AJ, 46% of the people who participated in this poll said... They believe sports will be canceled through the end of 2020. That's not going to happen. I think that's... That's over... over. I think that's reacting in the moment a yeah, little bit. That's not going to happen. I, re- I remain more optimistic. That's not going to happen. They're but can you imagine if you sports. have... If you resume games without fans in the stands, you could come up with some really interesting camera angles. Oh, heck yeah. Because you could put cameras in places normally you wouldn't oh, be yeah. able to. It'd be fun. But you're right, Eric. The point you brought up is really legit. Because guess what? If they don't go to the game, what can they do? Watch it on TV. Watch it on TV. They can sit at home without spending one dime, without having to deal with traffic, without having to deal with the headache of getting to the stadium on time and expensive food and concession stands. They can just stay at home, order a pizza, and watch a football game or a basketball game. Or a baseball game. Now, sure, being at the stadium is a great experience. But with the risk of the coronavirus for so many people, 
If they truly do feel that way, they'll say, I'll just stay at home, save my money, and watch the game on my giant screen TV and have all the replays, have all the angles, and still make it home on time because I never even left. All right, and still interact with my f- my friends yeah. with the se- second screen. Like yep. I'll have my mobile phone. I'll be tw- tweeting uh, on you know different social media platforms doing yep. it as it's happening, and you can re- interact with your your friends. Yes, granted, it's not the same as being in person. But at this point, I did that might be better for them. They might say, "Hey, it's better to be at home watching the game than being sitting sitting next to." At 30,000 people watching a football game. Because if this thing is not 100% cleared by August, there is going to be people still absolutely horrified or terrified to go out into a stadium with that many people and watch a game right, for three and a half hours. Let's do our own little informal poll here. I'm in. Let's do it. 435-339-0321. That's our text line. If the announcement came that sports were resuming and that fans could attend, are you all in or are you still going to wait a while, at least until a vaccine is available and people start getting vaccinated? If we get the all clear that sports can resume and that fans can start attending games again, Will you start attending games, or are you going to be pumping the brakes on that and still wait a little while? Really interested to hear what you have to say. 435-339-0321. Text into the show, uh, and let us know how you would respond to that. By the way, did you see? I'm just seeing this on Twitter. ESPN put out this tweet. The Chicago restaurant used Mitchell Trubisky as an example to explain social distancing. There's a sign sitting on a on a restaurant table, and it states... Quote, during this coronavirus outbreak, remember to remain at least 10 feet away from others. If, you, if you're wondering how far that is, picture a Bears wide receiver and then imagine where Trubisky actually threw the pass. That distance <laughs> is about 10 feet. Oh, that's brutal. Oh, that's br- that is that so was in brutal. Chicago? Yeah, that's, that's oh, just harsh. Gosh. Oh, heavens. <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. Hey, okay, so and let me ask you, Eric. Does being outside, so say a giant, you know, Alabama stadium, Paul Bear Bryant's backyard, with that many fans, what is more dangerous? That many fans, but outside, or a sold-out Staples Center for a Lakers game? Which is more dangerous? Say that one more time. Okay. So imagine 86,000 fans at Paul Bear Bryant Stadium to watch an Alabama Crimson Tide football game, but it's okay. outside. Okay. What is worse? Or more, sorry, what is more dangerous? Going to a game like that or a sold out Staples Center game? Indoors, sold out, but 30,000, 50,000 less fans. Are we strictly talking about? Coronavirus, or generally speaking, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, there's I'm this sorry. whole rednecks thing <laughs> no, in the South, but also there's some shady characters no, in Los Angeles. And don't do that. We're just going to coronavirus. <laughs> okay, <strictly>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go back there, didn't you? I would probably say I would the, the eighty thousand. It's it's a bigger crowd. Yes, you're outdoors, but you're still there's more volume of people there. 
touching mm-hmm. more things, more more hands touching the rails, touching the the bathroom stalls. You know. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, I was just wondering if if because it's a stupid it's a stupid thought, but I was wondering if you're outdoors, if it'd be safer. But indoors, you're stuck in this arena. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're circulating air indoors, but I, I mean, I don't know. They're both they're pretty wide open yeah. spaces. Have you got any text yet? Uh, yes. We do. This is from five three seven zero. Heck yes, bring sports back. He didn't say heck. Oh, he said hell yes. Well then, hell yes, bring sports back. I like it. You're in high so, councilman. I understand. <laughs> the question is, <laughs> I want to be clear about the question. Um, with, with sports, if sports resume and fans can attend, mm-hmm. uh, it's not whether or not sports should be coming back yet or not. My, my question is, let, let's be super optimistic. Uh, we get the all clear tomorrow that sports can resume, and in two weeks, fans can start to attend. This is pie in the sky here. But let's say that fans can start attending games. Do you start attending in person right away? Or do you hold off still a little while? Well, 5370 is in. Yeah, 5370 is all in. It's all in. All in. Uh, yeah, I like that question. Text in at 435-339-0321. Love to hear your – I just want to know, like, would you fans go to a game if if they said that we were good to go, even though – I mean, I don't know if there would be a vaccine or not, but um, love. Yeah, I, I'd be interested to hear the responses on that. Would you go, Eric? I, I'm in a. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know because I think personally, I I, I think I'm a healthy person. I practice pretty good sanitation. Um, I get a good Except night's when rest. You eat a donut over here. <laughs> um. But and I think if I if I got the virus, I think I'd probably be able to fight it off okay on my own. But my concern would be who I might bring it home to. Uh, and so, for for that reason, I would still be hesitant. I would still be hesitant. I, it may take me a while to attend. I'll be honest, not for my own personal reasons, uh, for how I think it might affect me, but who I might be bringing it home to. Okay. Fair There's enough. Some, got some vulnerable individuals at home that I don't sure. want to. Yeah, you got you to look out for them. For. Yeah. Got to look out for them. So, uh, I, I don't, it's an interesting poll. Granted, it's a very small sample size, and who knows, you know, uh, Seton Hall School of Business, who they're reaching out to, what demographics, how involved they really are in sports anyways. But I think it, it it's an interesting thought experiment. Uh, for people to have and, and to think about. Um, 0945 has texted in, as long as Netflix keeps releasing episodes of Tiger King, there is no reason <laughs> to bring the live games back. <laughs> I love it, 0945. Hey, okay, I got it. 0945, right give me, you know what, 0945, I want you to text in. Give me two good reasons. No, three good reasons why I should watch Tiger King. I've heard, yes, absolutely watch it. I have heard, no, unless you are on some serious good drugs. 0945, I know you're a good person, I think. Uh, give me three good reasons why to watch Tiger King. We're, we're, we're in quarantine time. You might as well give me something to watch. I just finished Money Heist. finished White Collar for the fourth time. I've, I've watched all the freaking classic games. Give me something to watch Tiger Three good reasons why. Because I've, I've been given three good reasons, actually five good reasons, not to watch it. 
to be honest with you. Uh, hey, Eric, you know what's kind of interesting really quickly? I, I know we're going to get into Jordan Love here in a little bit. We haven't heard a lot about T. Penalier, uh Dominic Everly, um, David Woodward. You know, do you think any of those three get drafted in the, into the NFL, someone as clutch as Everly is, someone as smart as David Woodward is, someone as monstrous on the field as T. Penalia is? Drafted, uh, probably, mm. my inclination is no. Okay. Will they end up on an NFL roster? Yes. Fair enough. I, I at least think that Eberly will. I don't know about uh, Woodward, only because there's a question about his health, uh, how many concussions he's had, and how it's affected him. If it wasn't for that, I'd be, I'd be all in, absolutely. Um, Tipa, probably. I think he probably would be on a roster, but I don't think any of those guys get get drafted. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. But um, I think of those, I think Eberle is probably more likely than any of the others. It's my hunch. Fair, fair enough. But I'm no NFL draft. I'd player. love to see Eberle get drafted. Or at least just, I mean, get, give him a chance to get picked up by a team. Because you know what? There's a lot of NFL field goal kickers out there who just flat out suck. I just don't see NFL teams... Readily using draft picks on kickers. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't really watch that position in the NFL draft very closely. Uh, if you see something different, I'd love to hear it. But I, I just, I just don't see NFL teams using a lot of their drafts picks. Okay, but you're. I mean, if, if we're looking at round five and six, They'd and you'd rather go like, for Tampa lineman. Bay has a garbage. They've had garbage kickers for the last three years. Chicago's been a mess as well. Uh, Eagles have had their ups and downs. New England just lost their. Well, yeah, I guess pretty much just lost their kicker. He's done. They're moving on from him. You need someone who's going to put you like because a lot of teams are getting stuck inside the red zone. Not converting. And with the PAT being moved back, you're seeing a lot of teams struggle with the PAT field goal. Give Dominic a chance. I don't know if he gets drafted, but just give him a look. Let him go preseason. He'll show you he's good enough. I'd love to see Dominic succeed. I hope he does. I would too. He's got a leg. Thrilled about it, man. Very accurate. Clutch too. Oh, he's clutch. But I don't know. I just don't know how many are going to use uh, late round draft pick on kickers. Yeah, it's all about the kicker. Because I mean, look, there's teams don't college teams don't really actively go out and recruit kickers. A lot of kickers contact the universities. True. Or Absolutely by happenstance, true. to come across these guys. They. Do, they don't use their recruiting resources to chase down kickers. And the NFL is really not that different in how they find the guys that are going to kick field goals, which seems a little odd. I mean, those guys are responsible for a lot of points in the game. <laughs> seems pretty important. When hey, you got a chance to add points on the board that you have somebody that can be pretty automatic. Take it. Hey, by the way, uh, I don't know if you missed it today, but the Utah State football team beat New Mexico at New Mexico 
Big win for them. They now have the week off until they play Wyoming. What? Yeah, they played today. Who played today? The Utah State football team. Oh, this is a, a replay? Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, there you go. Just Okay. Man, Ooh. you really just ruined the party. Those are fun watching those. I've had a blast. That Wyoming game next week that we get to watch, I'm excited about that. That was an ugly game on a beautiful day of football, but that was an ugly game. So these are some, um, some of these games are pretty interesting to see Jordan Love. Yeah. And uh, he has certainly become a bit of a lightning rod uh, and very differing opinions uh, about who he is and who he could be. In the NFL. Yeah. Uh, really interesting uh, take by Tim, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Keown? Yeah, Keown. Uh, on ESPN, uh, breaking him down as a as an NFL prospect. Uh, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. But uh, I, I wonder how much of this uncertainty surrounding Jordan Love are other teams trying to use tactics to throw other teams off, just to make sure they get their guy. We'll debate that. We'll just see some of the things that are brought up. Uh, this this article on ESPN talked to uh, Coach Wells, talked to Coach Yost, got some really interesting insights from them about Jordan Love, some of the things he did on the sidelines, some of the things he did away from uh, being on the field, and what makes him a really intriguing prospect in the NFL. We'll discuss that, plus uh, an interesting a poll that was done among athletic directors throughout uh, throughout America, all different levels of uh, group of five, power five, independents as well, uh, about expanding the potential of expanding the playoffs. And if so, by how much? And if so, if you do expand, then who did those other teams, where do they come from? Who gets to participate in that? Very differing opinions on that, and may not really surprise you who has the differing opinions on and how. So we'll discuss that coming up next here in the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Want to remind you, we want to continue to get the feedback. We've got some good responses so far. If sporting events resumed and fans could start attending again, would you start attending right away? Or would you wait a little while until a vaccine is available for COVID-19? A recent poll suggests that 76% of those who were polled would wait until a vaccine is available rather than attending right away. So I don't, I, would you be among those 76% or would you say, hey, sports are back, we got the all clear, I'm going. I want to hear from you, 435-339-0321. That's 435-339-0321 to text into the program. A uh, quick update, uh, speaking of COVID-19, um, there are 41 confirmed cases in our Bear River Health District, uh, 12 in Box Elder, 29 in Cash. Um, there are uh, there have been five hospitalized in Cash, three in Box Elder. Now that's accumulative over the whole course of this whole thing. Uh, thankfully, no deaths in our area. 
Uh, cool thing that we just saw on Cash Valley Daily that the USU opening up some of its uh, housing for people who na- who may need to be quarantined as a, as a place for them to be, so they can still stay uh, separated from um, infecting other people. Um, so uh, really cool stuff. So and the other things that I'm seeing too is that the, the social distancing, the limiting travel, limiting activities, uh, it's working to flatten the curve on this. So. Keep up the good work. I know this weekend's going to be hard with Easter. Um, it was hard with uh, um, spring break, but please, please keep it up. And we can get out of this thing quicker and get get life back to some sense of normalcy. So, Ajay, there was an interesting report on ESPN about Jordan Love. Headline, Jordan Love's NFL draft prospects illustrate the mystery of drafting a quarterback. It's a position that is the most discussed, most talked about in the NFL every year, uh, most hotly debated coming into the draft. And it seems like I'm hearing Jordan Love's name as much as Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. I mean, these were amazing athletes that captured college football's attention over the last few years. Jordan Love wasn't as much in the discussion over those same time period, but, man, he certainly is now. How much of the the doubt that's being spread about Jordan Love are other teams trying to use some obfuscation to throw other teams off? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting detail about it because there is a little bit of gamesmanship in the draft, right? I mean, you're you're trying to – there's rumor that – you know, there's interest that you have interest in this one certain player or this certain quarterback, but really you have interest in another quarterback. But someone from your group leaks it out to try to create a distraction or a decoy of some sort to like tail you off from it. The interesting thing about Jordan Love is, um, he's the he's the one mythical guy. I think everybody kind of knows what Joe Burrow is, right? Stocky has a good arm. Good vision. When he has the right athletes around him, he's incredibly good. Tua has cool, calm, composure. He did it in the national championship game against Georgia, a game that went into overtime. A deep, a deep fade route uh, to the corner of the end zone for a touchdown to win the national championship game. You saw what Tua had, but the question about durability still remains. Herbert's a guy who can play in a West Coast offense and succeed. He's got great mobility. He can throw the ball really well. Vision is really, really good. His numbers are pretty nice. And then there's Jordan Love, a guy who from 2018 was a darling with his numbers and put up high, stupid, ridiculous amounts of numbers game after game, week after week. And then all of a sudden has a new coaching staff, a new receiving group, loses two offensive linemen to injuries as well. And then you have 18 interceptions show up. You have rough games. You can't find you can't find any chemistry. And the crazy thing, and I think, no, sorry. The thing about it, Eric, is that not one person blamed, no, excuse me, not one person on the team blamed Jordan Love. And Jordan Love didn't blame one person on the team either. You know, everybody on the team receiver, Stilsey Mariner, Caleb Rep, offensive lineman. Hey, we got to do better in our positions. Jordan Love, hey, I got to make better decisions in my position. Jordan Love, when it's good, is a we. When it's bad, it's an I. It's never anybody else's fault. 
but this guy, again, I mean, look, if it wasn't for Colin Coward, who has a weird obsession with Joe Burrow, if it wasn't for First Take, who has a weird obsession with Tua Talavilla, and if it wasn't for the whole entire Western state who has this obsession with Justin Herbert, Jordan Love would be more of a commodity name. But because he's a guy from Logan, Utah, who had one great season and one horrific season, quote-unquote, looking at numbers, he's not as big of a hit. But then all of a sudden, Pro Day and Combine come around, and this guy's the hottest ticket on the market, and you got teams trading up for him. Well, I, I'm i hesitant to call his 2019 season horrific. I, I'm, as a national perspective, sorry. Yes. You and I say, hey, that's a hell of a season. <laughs> Everybody so, else is like, well, you threw 18 interceptions. Yeah, what the you, fetch? You threw a lot of interceptions, yes. But he was still making some incredible throws. Oh, my heck, yeah. The, the, I'll always – and you know what? I was talking to someone today, and they brought up a great point. They said that L, that game against LSU where he rolled to his right and threw on the run and hit COC Mariner on that deep 45-yard catch and pass, pass and catch, incredible throw. Like, to lay in the egg basket in only one position where he could get it was awesome. So, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, just to grab a few points from uh, this article from ESPN, uh, talking about his interceptions – uh, some came in late game, third and long situations. Some came when the receiver cut the route short. Some came when Love simply felt the force of his arm talent would somehow make the linebacker in the middle of the field disappear. Uh, he calls it the interception tape that he has had to answer for. Uh, it's a sizzle reel of all of his mistakes. But Jordan Love, in responding, says, I threw 17 interceptions. Obviously, I'm going to have to talk about them. It's never fun. But if I don't want to have to talk about it, I don't have to throw 17 interceptions. Yeah. It says he was, he's was he been asked about those more than anything, and he's happy to talk about them, about some of the what was going on in his head, uh, what he saw on the field. Um, and uh, But what, what the teams are also seeing besides that are what the NFL calls off-schedule plays, or what we sometimes refer to as broken plays. Uh, and he's got highlights of you know, 50-yard darts with a flick of a wrist. Oh, uh, it's so effortless. On the run. Uh, you know, these creative scrambles, trying to make things to extend the play and still making it happen. And making it look effortless with his throws. That's what the end of these, a lot of these NFL scouts are drooling over. They're just questioning, okay, why do you keep throwing? Why were you consistently throwing interceptions on this route? That's where some of the questions are. But the the upside on some of the other things that he does, that's why he keeps getting compared to Patrick Mahomes. And <laughs> um, I think we need to be easy on the Patrick Mahomes comparison, at least you know the one that Tim gives. Uh, yeah, that may, I'm not totally sold on that yet. I mean, that's MVP. I mean, that's yeah. Well, uh, that's and, a and, high and, standard. And we're talking about a guy, I mean, who... Look, Jordan Love made risky decisions. I'll and I'll be bold enough to say that Patrick Mahomes, as mobile and entertaining as a quarterback as he is on the field, he makes some really stupid decisions too. The whole like no look, I'm gonna throw it to Kelsey and miss him by ten yards when he's wide open in the corner of the end zone, or the I'm gonna run right and I'm gonna do the whole go full mode Brett Favre, throw it across my body and get it picked off for 35 yards for a touchdown. I've it's just there's there's things that Patrick Mahomes does that Jordan Love wouldn't do 
on the negative side. But I think there's more comparison on the positive side of, like you said, the mobility, ability to throw on the run, great vision when when Petro Holmes isn't no-looking a throw. Uh, I don't think Jordan Love's ever done that. Uh, but, I mean, again, we're, we're, and, and the, the toughest part is, man, if Joe Burrow wasn't in this conversation, where does Jordan Love stand? I mean, I know Tua went to Alabama and, and, and Herbert went to Oregon. But Love would probably be the better, best quarterback out of that group. I'm daring it to say. I'm not sold on Tua yet, Eric. I'm not. Uh, oh, well, my questions for Tua are his health. Even when he was healthy. If he I, hadn't yeah. broken his hip, I'd say, yeah, he's probably going to be near you, the top. You think so? Yeah. Better than Love? Probably. Because if you put Tua on Utah State, I mean, just let's go hypothetical, right? Uh, Tua on Utah State, Jordan Love on Alabama. What does Alabama do with Jordan Love at quarterback? Same talent. Yeah. I don't know if Tua even gets to a bowl game. I don't even know if they get five wins. I don't, man. I don't think Tua's that good of a quarterback. I think he's good, but I think there's a lot more to to develop in him as a quarterback than there is in Jordan Love. There are so many mishaps in Tua than there is in Jordan Love. Interesting quote here in this article from uh, uh, Coach Yost. Uh, David Yost was the offensive coordinator with Jordan Love for a couple of seasons. He says, it's funny, but at every level, we try to make football out to be a lot more than it is. Jordan's smart, and he has common sense. The guys who have common sense might not be that smart. Let's see. The guys who have common sense but but might not be that smart are fine. I've had smart guys with no common sense, and they couldn't play. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to mention names right now. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. And, and, and by the way, Eric, I want you, I, I want us all, I'm pouring water into a cup, sorry. I should probably, it's, it's. What are you doing under the desk over I, there, Ajay? Stop it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you look at some of the interceptions that Jordan Love threw, we're talking third and longs, we're talking uh, dire, uh, a lot of those, a high percentage of those are dire situations. Third and longs, you know, you, you're down trailing in the fourth quarter, you got to start chucking the ball. I felt like a majority of those interceptions and those high risk reward throws probably came later in the game than they did earlier. And it's because. There were, well, there were certainly some of those, but there were quite a few in the middle of the game that got thrown. That shouldn't – some of them right in the middle of the field. Yeah. He just did not Two see the linebackers. One of them to Boise State. One of them to Air Force, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. How much – okay, I'm going to – I shouldn't ask this on air. How much do you blame on the coaching staff? Because why didn't Jordan have these problems the year before? Well, then there's a lot that goes into it more than just you know, who your coach is. It's also who your players are. It's also who your competition is. I think there were a lot of things stacked against Jordan last year, as we've detailed in a lot of different ways. Different coaches, different offensive philosophy, different uh, players around him, not as much talent, not as much experience, and a significantly more challenging uh, schedule with with better talent on the other side on the defensive side. He did not really face 
a decent defensive squad outside of early part of the season when they played Michigan State in 2018. Um, the, the level of competition defensively was much more intense in 2019. But the, also the thing I think to remember about Jordan Love that is a, a, a real positive that a lot of people are noting is that after he would make those throws, after he'd make an interception, he'd go off the field and he wouldn't be rattled. Yeah. He's not a real... Yeah, he never changed. And if he made a great big play... Never changed, man. Big drive, big you know, 70-yard bomb, run in for a touchdown, save on Scarver, burns everybody, and you know, everybody's excited. It's the same Jordan Love. Love takes the jog who, down, congratulates him, head to the sideline, we're on to our next off possession. The field. All right, let's go next time. Hey, something interesting here in this article, and I, I want to get to this because I talked to Yost about this, actually. Uh, quote, before playing Michigan State in the first game of Love's sophomore season, Yost and Love devised a game, game plan heavy on deep passes, saying, quote, you can't overdo it. Yost told him, and then Love made 16 throws on vertical routes. Eric, remember that, 16 throws on vertical routes. He said he called four or five, and he called the rest on his own, Love did. And he completed 29 of 44 passes for 319 yards, and of course he had that one pick uh, by the athletic defensive lineman, or to me, defensive end on the, uh, to end the game. Uh, but w- when I asked Yost about this, I said, how complex? Because Yost is a smart guy. When I've sat in pre-game production meetings with him, I'd listen to Yost talk. Dude, I'm telling you, 95% of that conversation went over my head. Oh, he's very cerebral. Dude. I was like, what the fesh does that even mean, man? And so finally I asked him, I say, uh, well, a group of us asked him, what is your playbook like? Because of how intelligent you are, where you've been, and what you know about the game. And he says, there's five plays. Five plays with numerous options. And Love makes the decision. And then if he makes a mistake, he comes back, he goes to silent, he hops on the phone, and I say, first thing, what did you see? Well, I saw this, this, and this, and this, and this. And he told me, I remember this clear as day, Eric, he told me more often than not, and a lot more often than not, Love was right. They'd go back to the film on Monday, check it out, and everything that Love told him was 100% right. Yeah, the linebacker flashed in front of the uh, tight end right here. The out route that I was supposed to throw to got covered up by safety just coming out of nowhere. So I was supposed to go to the vertical route, but then I got covered up by another free safety. So then all of a sudden I had to just check out and go just check down and go to another route for a five-yard pass. Covered it. Like he knew exactly what he was talking about. And that's the thing about, about Love is that he's going to tell you straight exactly. He's gonna, he has a great memory. He knows things. And he's going to tell you it like it is. He's not going to remember, like, well, it's my receiver's fault because he didn't do this. No, it's, look, this was covered, this was covered, and this was covered, so I went here. They'll go back to the film, and film don't lie. And that's something about Love is, is you can always get it straight from him. And he's always, and that's, so kind of going back to what you said, he never changes, ever. Yeah, and, and I remember many a, a post-game show. Ryan Bohm would always be bothered that Jordan never looked upset. Yeah, never looked bothered. Never, never looked got after his his teammates um, to uh, you know for whatever different reasons. Yeah, but that is probably one of his strengths. Really, is that he's even. You don't rattle him. And is in the there, NFL, it's going to be guys can get rattled. Yeah, is there? I got a couple questions for you. Actually, um, is there a good thing in that? I mean, or I mean, because like Tom Brady shows emotion, you see it, right? Touchdown pass, he's fired up, head button Julian Edelman. If 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 things aren't going well, 
He's the first to get over Growler's team and just, you know, look, what are we doing? We got to be perfect, this, that, and the other. Uh, now, Aaron ben- Rodgers, very, Aaron, yeah. very emotional oh, guy on the sideline. Oh, yeah, side good one. And on the field. Absolutely. Now, Ben Roethlisberger is more of a, a you know, cerebral, even kill guy. Joe Montana's like that as well. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, I, I wonder if that works in his favor, if they want to say, why aren't you pissed, man? You're down 42 to 14 to your rival at home. And you just threw another interception. Why aren't you upset? Why aren't you, why aren't you, I mean, at least take a water bottle and throw it to the ground. You know? At least, you know, I mean, either, I mean, yeah, you're on national television. Show something that you actually care that you're getting blown out on your home field by your rival. I just wonder if there's a question that's going to come up like that, and he's going to say, look, that's just not me. And I think you're right. I think that it was the answer. He's not going to just start doing things just to appease. Yeah, NFL scouts. This is how yeah. you think I should act. This is who I am. Hey, last thing before we go to break. me. Last thing before we go to break. March 25th was supposed to be pro day. I can guarantee you, in fact, I know from very, 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 very good source that there is over 25 NFL scouts coming to watch. <laughs> Man, that sucks. Well, we just heard... Uh, uh, top of the hour, I mean, Tua held his own personal little thing. Yeah, had uh, limited it to just ten people, and they filmed it. But it, it really stinks for the other, as we've talked about, the other players for yeah, Utah who State who are wanting a chance to get looked at and try to make a practice squad, if anything else, um, because the, they would have just by the very nature of the gravity of Jordan Love. When the type of people he was pulling to the Utah State campus, they were all going to benefit. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Let's find out what else is going on in the NFL today. And on the other side, uh, expanded college football playoffs. If they do get expanded, by how many games? And if so, how many additional teams get involved? Where do they come from? How do we determine who they are? A lot of athletic directors from across the country weigh in. We'll talk about it and we'll weigh in as well. Coming up next here on the Full Court Press. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, AJ Salveson, hit with some breaking news, AJ. Ultimate fighting on a private island. Not, I love the idea. Not going to happen. Yeah, Disney and ESPN were like, dude, look, we're not even having basketball games. We're telling shows to stay at home and do their radio shows from home. We even canceled the jump for a little bit. You ain't freaking going to no island and having no UFC but match, buddy. We ain't taking any lawsuit here. Uh-uh. Here's Dana White on the news today. The powers that be there asked me to stand down and not do this event next Saturday. And we're ready to go. And one thing that I need to point out is that uh, Tachi Palace in California, the Indian Reservation, has had our back this whole time, has stood their ground, and uh, was willing to do this fight. And let me tell you this, when the world gets back to normal, the California event will be at Tachi Palace. Mm. I'm I'm doing a fight there. I'm going to bring them a big fight, and I appreciate them um, standing with me uh, in the, in this thing. So no UFC next weekend. 
Yeah, that, I was kind of surprised that like they were, like it was even getting this close that they were going to make it happen. Now, an ESPN horse competition is going to happen. Nah, I, I'm all in for this. Uh, ESPN, NBA, they have finalized plans to televise a horse shooting competition. The NBA Horse Challenge. It'll include NBA players, WNBA stars, Hall of Famer Tamika Catchings. Um, it'll be the first, we'll, first games, first round matchups. I hate to call them games, but first round matchups will be 7 to 9 Eastern on ESPN Sunday. Semifinals and championship happening April 16th from 9 to 11 Eastern on ESPN. I mean, I'd probably prefer watching this than watching NBA <laughs> players play video games on yeah, TV. Yeah, dude by, dude, by the way, I've learned two things. One, NBA players suck at video games. Two, NBA 2K20 is just trash. I'm sticking with 19. <laughs> hey, by the way, Terry Bradshaw, two years ago, after the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl to give Brady ring number six, Bradshaw on Fox, Brady is the greatest ever. Absolutely the greatest ever. There is no doubt in my mind, and nobody can tell me otherwise. Well, except for Bradshaw. See, Terry Bradshaw now comes out and says, well, Dan Fouts is better than Tom Brady. What? I'm not even joking you. He came out and said that Dan Fouts, uh, he says, I'm talking talent-wise. When you put it all together, uh, is he better than Montana? Not in my opinion. That's not what he said two years ago. Is he better than Drew Brees? Yeah, maybe. But... Then he says, uh, is he the best quarterback in the last 30 years? Probably. He says probably. But is he better than Roger Staubach? No. Is he better than Dan Fouts? No. Is he better than Dan Marino? No. By the way, Brady has 287 more touchdowns and 31,000 more passing yards with 63 less interceptions than Dan Fouts. Like, someone needs to get, I don't know who's a bigger problem on the mic. Terry Bradshaw or Shannon Sharp. Uh, that's bad. That's just not good. That's bad. Hey, uh, back to this NBA horse thing. By the way, Mike Connolly, Utah Jazz man, Mike Connolly, he is going to participate. He'll be squared up against uh, uh, Tamika Catchings. Catchings, excuse me. Oh, that's awesome. So we can watch Mike Connolly go miss five-foot floaters and hit the back of the rim and then lose in a game of horse. By the way, okay, and I don't mean to be that guy, why is the WNBA players in this? Why not? Okay, dude. Their season's kind of busted up right matter, now, man. too. If someone throws out a dunk, you might as well take the H. Well, former player Chauncey Billups oh, yeah, isn't well, going to be – he's participating. Chauncey can still dunk, though, man. If Billups throws down a right-hand dunk, the girl's going to have to take an H. <laughs> uh, With all due respect. A, a short amount of time here, but there was a recent poll of athletic directors – 88% want an expanded college football playoff. Now, the current contract goes through 2025, so we're about halfway through the current deal. But 88% of those who were polled said they do favor an expanded playoff. 72% believe eight teams should qualify. 66% said the highest-ranked non-Power 5 team should receive an automatic bid. Uh, uh, Ajay, some of the things on this, 
Uh, well, first of all, should the college football playoff be expanded, yes or no? Yeah. No. Ow. Currently, only four teams get to participate. No. No. Four is good. Give me the four best teams. Why, li- why limit it to just four? Why don't you take every conference champion in the Power Five schools, uh, you get a group of five automatic qualifier, and you have two at-larges? Eric, do you remember in 2004 when Pitt won the ACC and then got just demolished by Utah 35-17? Uh, yes, I do. So we're going to take Pitt or a team like Pitt and put him in the national championship playoff just to get blown out by 50? So, I mean, it's just a revised BCS. They're just extra games. Yeah, keep it to the four best. The four best have produced uh, some great games. Great games. Greatest ever, Eric. I don't know. I'm in favor of expanding it. I'd like to see a G5 team get a shot, though. Fix that part. Yeah. No, I agree. There's There's enough... Money to go around. Uh, their venues are there. There's some great teams that have missed out. Mm. Opportunities to to determine a champion on the field. College football before this college football championship was the only real major sporting event that didn't decide its champion on the field of play with a cha- with a with a, some kind of tournament or playoff. It's time to do it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay tuned. Like.